in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? Tiger Woods playing in the Masters? Says he's trying to, I guess he he's flying into the Masters or to Augusta today to, I don't know, practice around, check out the course, but they say he's doing everything he can to get there and to play, which would be amazing given what he's had to overcome with the accident that he's playing in the Masters this year. Would be unbelievable, wouldn't be it? Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I know just, we've we've already seen videos of him playing yeah, golf. He but, played with his son and whatever that little yeah, tournament not was. The Masters. But be incredible if he played in the Masters. Yeah. I hope it happens. I want it to happen. Be incredible. I'm, I want it to happen. I don't even care where he finishes. Yeah. Let me watch, watch play. That. What's uh? You're not allowed. You're not allowed to ride in a golf cart, are you? No. They should let him. They had that one restriction. They had that one. Uh, was it Casey? Um, uh, pardon me for uh, forgetting his last name. That was the big uh, controversy. Uh, had the um, situation where he had a debilitating disease with his legs and he wanted to uh, drive in the cart. And then there was a big, you know, uh, controversy over it. They said no. Or they let him. I, I I will Google it, but I will also point out maybe letting Tiger Woods drive. He can ride. Okay. He's got a caddy. Not not the best plan to have him in charge of a motor vehicle. Okay. Casey Martin uh, fighting to save his leg, former PGA Tour, who won the right to use a cart. So he won the right to use a cart. So someone challenged him, and um, he successfully sued the PGA in 2001 for the right to golf cart during competition uh, under the Americans with Disability Act. Okay. Now, Tiger... I mean, let them all ride in a cart. He's not going to be able to sue under that act. He got let them all crash. ride in the cart. Let's I go. Don't, that's the other thing. That that's. Um, I don't know if they're doing it for competitiveness and like you know, try to challenge them as, as much as possible. I wouldn't care at all if they rode in carts. Who cares? Jared, were you the one that suggested if uh, golf playoff holes should be like Mario Golf, where you yes. just hit it and then sprint, and the first person at- to put it in the hole wins? Correct. Either do that for every hole, or just let them ride in carts. <laughs> I'm just saying that the, there needs to be some element of no. You guys hit, you guys tee off at the same time, and it is a matter of speed, not accuracy. I think we'll see. Uh, I think everybody understands the situation, uh, and we're hoping that there's closure to it uh, at some point. The Browns hope Baker Mayfield's situation will be resolved. Kevin Stefanski just heard there. What happens to Baker Mayfield? He get traded. He get released. He's got. Does he stay in Cleveland? He's I mean, got one year best, left. You do the best you can to trade him, right? You want to try to get something back on him. I don't know if you can at this point because the leverage you've just given some guy two hundred fifty six million guaranteed. <laughs> so we think he's going to be the starting quarterback. But I think you do everything you can to trade him to get some kind of leverage back or to get something back. Right now, I don't know how much leverage they have. If if someone calls me on Baker Mayfield, I'm like, well, we might take him off your hands. But we're not. We'll give you like a sixth or a right. seventh because you have to get rid of him. If you're the Browns. 
do you at all consider just keeping Baker on the roster and you're probably going to need a starter for six to eight to 10 games. Say, Hey Baker, it's your job for six yeah. games. Be good. Like I, then we'll trade you away. You might have yeah. some value. I, I it doesn't sound ideal because you're going to have Baker Mayfield no. starting a quarterback when he's not very happy he, and he's, he's wants out. And, yeah. But if again, if all you're getting is like a sixth or a seventh, Baker yeah. starting six games is probably way more valuable than that. It's just a matter of, can you convince Baker Mayfield yep. to do that? And, and that's the other part. If you're Baker Mayfield right now and nobody wants to trade for you, I imagine he ideally would like to be released because then he can sign with whoever he wants. But if nobody wants to trade for you, that means there's not many teams that think you're a starter in the NFL this year. Starting six games for Cleveland might be better than whatever alternative you Well, like you, you said, to. he also might prove himself be five and one or four and two, and then right. someone will be interested in someone who's struggling might play. Yeah. Oh, God, we're struggling. Maybe we should look at this. Yeah, guy. you have a playoff team that their quarterback gets hurt or something. They say, well, we could try Baker Mayfield out and try to keep the season afloat. Like, you know, and, and all seriousness, if, if the Raiders start off and Derek Carr gets hurt in like week five and Baker Mayfield's suddenly available, like, yeah. you'd be like, well, he can probably keep us around instead of. Garrett Gilbert or Gilbert. whoever. We haven't figured out who the backup quarterback is yet. Next question. Similar situation, but the quarterback's not uh, probably as annoyed here. The 49ers are not going to release Jimmy Garoppolo. John Lynch said yesterday, I don't foresee that. He's too good a player. I think Jimmy will be playing for us or will be playing for someone else. He's too good of a player not to be. So the 49ers basically made it pretty obvious they were going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and start Trey Lance next year. But Jimmy now, believed they were going to. Now they haven't traded Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's March 29th. Um, yeah. Oh, who, I mean, oh, it was my. We had talked to Miles Simmons last week, asked him to predict where they'd play, and he said Jimmy Garoppolo would stay in San Francisco. Yeah. If he's still there, I mean, who's the starter? He's the starter. You think so? If he's stiff, if, if he, he if they stays, don't trade I think him, he starts the season. If they don't trade him and they don't release him, you think they start him over? I think they start him over the. Yeah, I think if they keep him, I think they start him in the season. Now, if it go, doesn't go well, it's easier now to go to Trey Lance than maybe it was a year ago, but it's easier to go to Trey Lance now. Man, why do I feel like you got to give Trey Lance all of the first team reps through the off season and let him be the starter? Because he played like one game in college this last year. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's so much more upside with Trey Lance that if you're the 49ers and you're going to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be because Trey Lance is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you go with Jimmy Garoppolo, your ceiling is what last year, most likely. Well, it's the NFC title game. Well, but you lost I mean, it. And you got there by well, scoring 10 points off a blocked punt in the second round. So I, I just feel like if you're the 49ers, your best case scenario is Trey Lance is really good. I, I would Jimmy Garoppolo be upset if they started Trey Lance and then oh he's bad for the first six games well, or going to Jimmy G. I was just thinking that if he's on the bench and Trey Lance stinks and then they go to Jimmy, he'd be fine with that, right? Me or him, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's the guy. Yeah, I mean he would be if nobody trades for him and they're like, well we're not releasing you. That'd be stupid. Like Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't seem like the guy that would throw a fit and demand a trade. No, so. He's your backup, Trey Lance. Awesome for six games. Trey Lance is the guy. Well, Sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll find we'll find a way for you to go somewhere else. Trey Lance sucks for six games. He's one and five, and Jimmy's the starter. Here we go, Jimmy Garoppolo. You're in. You're the quarterback. Get us back to the playoffs. I, I'm the 49ers. I think that's what I'm doing. If you know, obviously, if somebody comes along and says, "Here's a second round pick for Jimmy well, Garoppolo," you move he's gone. But if it's like Baker Mayfield, and all you're getting is a sixth round offer. Right. I think you're better off saying, well, we're keeping this guy and we're going to we're going to go from here. And if we need him, we'll use him. 
I'd love to know what these offers have been for all these guys. It's got to be nothing. Been. I mean, no one. It, it, it's. I'm surprised. Also, I am surprised. Yeah. More so, maybe for Garoppolo than Mayfield, that no one has come with them with a decent offer for him. Yeah, I think. I, I just, mean, I don't. If somebody, in all seriousness, for like the Browns right now, if somebody called and offered a third or a fourth, you got to move them. Right. And for Garoppolo, I'm sure they're hoping for more than a fourth. But at some point, if it's a fourth. You're taking it, right? So, but you're right. If it's, if the offers right now are like, hey, we'll do a sixth round pick swap with you. You probably, both teams, yeah, you're both teams are probably better off just keeping the guy and one's insurance for Trey Lance and one, if you can convince him, can start when Deshaun Watson's suspended. Man, great question. Buffalo will give the Bills. $850 million for a new stadium. Technically, Buffalo and the city of New York. This is going to be a $1.4 million stadium. The Bills are getting... Yeah, billion, sorry. The Bills are getting more money than the Raiders got for theirs, and it's a cheaper stadium. New York State's going to pay $600 million. Erie County, where Buffalo is, is going to pay $250 million. The NFL is going to end up paying $150 million through a loan program, and the Bills are ultimately only going to pay $400 million for their $1.4 billion stadium. Great deal if you can get it. Holy. That is worse than the Raiders deal. Absolutely. A, it's more money. It's more money. B, it's a cheaper stadium. Yeah. C, it's not domed. D, it's keeping an existing team. And when you talk about the whole generating more tax dollars, keeping an existing team generates significantly less tax dollars, probably zero net gain than adding a new team like we did with the Raiders. And then there's also another... There's going to be $20 million in public money paid every year to like a maintenance fund. So 850 is not even the final number. It's going to be $20 more million every year for, I can't remember, there's a certain amount of years. This is a horrific public Good, deal. They're going to give them over a billion dollars. Yeah, this is horrific for, technically for the state of New York, because they're the ones that are right. paying $600 million Right. State of New York got thrown through a flaming uh, table. They, they did. And no dome. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? In that, in that place, it's, you finally have a chance to get away from not playing in 10 feet of snow. <laughs> I mean, it's... Oh, come on. That's an advantage. <laughs> one of the... I can't remember which one. One of the public, um, publicly elected people that's sort of helping to push this through, she said something about concerts there. And it's like, A, you're in Buffalo, and B, you didn't put a dome on the thing. What concerts are you? You yeah. can have You've a two-month... You've got month, about a month. Kenny yeah. Chesney? you got a two-month yeah. window? you got a two-month window to like, have... have, have uh, your girlfriend's favorite band roll yeah. into Buffalo. Put a dome on the thing. Figure it out. Yeah. You're the inverse of Las Vegas. We have to have a dome because it's extremely hot here. You're going to have blizzards in the middle of yeah. the football season. Put a dome on the thing. I can't remember when it was, but there was a year that Buffalo had such bad blizzards that they had to actually like move the games out of Buffalo. And their running back on his snowmobile... <laughs> was out rescuing pedestrians. <laughs> Which at, at that point, it's like, hey, what's something you need to know when you get traded to Buffalo? Oh, you're going to need to invest in a snowmobile. <laughs> to rescue for, people. Just for, well, just to commute to the stadium on time. Great question. That's Thank funny. you. All right, two NFL draft notes here. First off, the 2024 NFL draft is going to be held in... Detroit. Is anybody excited about that besides maybe Detroit? Sounds like a terrible place to have it. I, mean, I guess the Lions will probably pick it in the top five, so that'll be fun. Um, two, this is from Mick Akers. The NFL draft here this year 
when they're going to have players on the Bella- on the fountains at the Bellagio, right. they're not going to have them ferried on boats. They are going to build a walkway instead, and I feel like we've been robbed. So they build a walkway over the Bellagio? There's going to be a stage on the Bellagio fountains. Sort of and, like they did with the NHL All-Star game. Yeah, and the original plan was going to be to put the, the players the in a boat, yes. and then the boat would take them to the stage. According to Mick Akers, the boats are out, and there's just going to be a walkway, and I feel like we've been robbed. Remember we wanted Joe Burrow to jump in the water? Yes. Where awesome. are our boats? This is awesome. this is a bait and switch. We were promised players getting rowed through the Bellagio fountains, and instead they're just going to walk. And I don't even want the draft anymore. I don't. I, want don't, I don't understand the advantage of the change. They probably decided we don't want to put these guys in boats and have other people rowing them. Because it sounds that, that's ridiculous. What, that's what made it so great. Right. But they were like, well, do we really want to put the future of our league in a boat and it might tip <laughs> over in the fountains? Yes, that's exactly yes. what I want. Now, the rest of the league, the NFL probably doesn't want that, but that's what I want. And now we've been robbed of it. And it's unbelievable. It's not fair. Bring back our boats. Coming up next, the Golden Knights. Uh, is this team okay? This team healthy? They're going to make it through the end of the season? Into the zone, right wing, Theodore breaks inside the line, rims it hard around. Patch ready, left wall shot, off the post, the goal rocked on its pegs, the official stops play. They're going to look at this, Patch yeah. ready thinks it's in. Yeah. He thinks it's 3 nothing. he's fist pumping. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. We have some important drama in the world of the Golden Knights. Very important emoji drama. So for those of you that might be unaware, the Golden Knights official Twitter account tweets out the lineup for every game, but instead of tweeting out the players' names like a normal team, they tweet out an emoji that represents every single player. The drama here is that Evgeny Dodonov, his emoji, was the Russian flag. Uh-oh. Once the Russians invaded Ukraine, the Golden Knights stopped tweeting out an emoji lineup. Presumably because they didn't want to tweet the Russian flag while Russia was invading Ukraine. But the emoji lineup came back for the last game because Evgeny Dodonov has a new emoji. His emoji is a boomerang. (laughs) (laughs) Because they tried to throw him away and he came back. And he came back. Um, And he okayed it. According to Jesse Granger, he did okay it. Which, listen... I think that was a very fair question at one point. Did Evgeny Dodonov actually approve that emoji? Because had he not approved it and they just gave him boomerang, that would have been a horrible look for the Golden Knights because they would have been making fun of, hey, we tried to trade you away and we couldn't and you came back. But he did approve the boomerang emoji. I have two questions for you. One... Does Evgeny Dodonov have a great sense of humor? Or two, does Evgeny Dodonov know what a boomerang is? Uh, I think he was probably explained what a boomerang was when they asked him, because I know they had to ask him. Um, I think he has a sense of humor. It's hard to tell. With I think he's getting better and better. When he first started talking to us earlier this year, uh, and look, I give props to anyone who has a second language, so good for him, um, that can speak English, where his first language is obviously Russian. Um, I think he's getting more of a sense of humor. And sometimes sometimes when it's your second language, you don't know what you say is funny, but it's funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the other day when he was asked about who's your daddy t-shirts and have you talked to your agent? 
It was funny when he says, I don't talk to agent. <laughs> like, I thought it was funny. He didn't mean to be funny, but it was. So he probably has a sense of humor without knowing he has a sense of humor. Well, also, that's funny because not talking to his agent might be part of the reason he ended up getting traded and not traded for two he might, days. He should probably talk to his agent a little more. <laughs> so there's your emoji drama, but the emojis are back. And Evgeny Dodonov is no longer represented by the Russian flag. He is now represented by a boomerang. And assuming he knows what a boomerang is and understands that, that is a terrific emoji, and that is very funny for Evgeny Dodonov to have. created by the people who do this. Yes, it is It is an excellent emoji to represent Evgeny yeah. Dodonov, and if he's okay with it, and understands why, because they might have just been like, hey, we're going to make this weird stick. That's going to be your emoji. You might be like, okay, yeah, what's that? Like, okay. It's like, is that a weird hockey stick? You might not is. know what it is, because I don't know. Dude, but like, When's the last time you saw a boomerang in real life? <sighs> like... In my presence? Yeah. There's just no chance I'd remember that. There's no <laughs> chance I could remember that. Because like in all I never had one as a I, kid. Does does he know what a boomerang is? Like I well, do, they like I said, they probably had to explain what it was about to him, I would think. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, then it's wrong. What is this weird stereotype I have that Australians just throw boomerangs? Well, that's where it was invented. Okay. All right. Do they, but like, why do I feel like if you went to a park in Australia, they would be throwing them you wouldn't all over? see guys throwing a football. They'd be throwing a boomerang to themselves. That's a stereotype. Yeah, that one's, that one's, that one's a little weird. Right. I don't understand why, but I'm just like, yeah, if I went to Australia, I'd just see a bunch of people throwing boomerangs. It's more than a stereotype. <laughs> where else are they used today? Like, I know there's like, like the last time that I saw a boomerang was like a little kid's toy boomerang. Like we had some like in PE in like middle school where I was. Like you could, they didn't work, but, or maybe I didn't know how to throw it. One of the two. But like we had little toy boomerangs. But that's the last time I like, but like a real, like, oh, I assume they're made out of wood, wooden oh, boomerang. No, I haven't, no. That I, would actually like, you I don't know, even know the last time kill I maybe something. saw one on television. I, I mean, I had an anthropology professor that had one that was like, in a glass display case. That was his... discovered from ruins of some country or city? Oh, I think she just went to Australia. And stole it from the guy <laughs> in the just, park? Yeah, it was just Took like... one from the park. <laughs> yeah. Where they were throwing all of them. <laughs> I'm just... Boomerangs aren't that common. He might not know enough about it. Um, here's another question for you. Not emoji related. Might actually end up being serious. Max Pacioretty had a setback. Um... Pete DeBoer said he's not going to return in the near future. Now, he said that a couple days ago. He said that about Jack Eichel once, and then Eichel played in the very next game. But the interesting part, the bad part for Patch Ready and the Golden Knights is that he was ready or close to being ready to returning. He went through morning skate. He was on ice with a regular jersey on. Last Thursday, it looked like morning skate, Patch Ready was back, and then apparently he got hurt or something. Left morning skate a little bit early, and Max Patch Ready is now, and then missed the game. And didn't play on Saturday. And we don't know either. what he did because I think we were called back to the media room. I was there that day before they ended the skate. And all of a sudden, Pete DeBoer comes in and says he did something this morning. So who knows what he could have done? Tweaked it? Whatever. whatever. Was he lower body? I don't even remember to be I don't honest. Remember. I can't remember who these guys have <laughs> thrown for lower body. But he might have tweaked what he had already hurt. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't good. A setback when you're just trying to get ready for a game that night. Like, that sounds bad. Like, hey, yeah. he's ready to go, and he gets hurt in morning skate. Yeah. Like, that sounds like he wasn't ready to go and would have gotten hurt in the game if he had gone out there and played in an actual game there. So, 
again, we'll see how long he's actually out, but there's only uh, 60, is it 16 for the Golden Knights? Like 14 for the Golden Knights, right? 14, there's 14, 14 left games left for the Golden Knights. If he's not going to be back in the short term, is he a possible long-term IR candidate? I guess candidate he's possible that, long-term IR. If you, if you put him on long-term IR, I believe you that gives you enough room to bring Stone back. Right. If Stone is able to come back, that's the other question. He's got a back problem, right? We know he's got a back issue. Is Mark Stone even able to come back at this point, or is Mark Stone, is he actually going to be done for? But if Stone's able to come back and Patch Ray's not going to play the rest of the year, then you put him on long-term yeah. IR and you bring Mark Stone back, and now your long-term IR issues are solved. Granted, your health issues aren't solved because... Max Pacioretty got hurt in morning And Riley State. Smith. <laughs> like, it is, it's unbelievable at this point what the Golden Knights are going through, and I don't know what the expectation is other than that somebody else is going to get hurt. When do they play again? Tomorrow? They play, uh, there are two games with Seattle uh, this week. They're in Seattle for two games. Somebody's going to get hurt, right? The Kraken, who took care of the Kings 6-1 yeah. last night. Oh, yeah, helping out the Golden Knights. Edmonton won. Yeah, that doesn't help as much. No. But, yeah, helping out the Golden Knights if you beat the Kings. You got to – who did Edmonton beat? I believe they beat Vancouver. It was – they scored six. Is it uh, – it's, it's, is it officially time or should you still be waiting before you're sco- uh, standing watching? It's probably oh, officially gosh, I time, right? I, I, for those guys, I look it up every night. So Edmonton's a 79, game in hand, 76 for the Knights. The Kings are at 81, uh, tied on the games right now. Um, and then you get you get into the wild cards with Dallas with four games in hand, Nashville with two, and and they're they're Dallas is still a point behind the Knights. They've um, got to make up three points on Edmonton, and Edmonton right. still has a game in hand. Right. God, that's tough. They're not doing that, are they? They're gonna do it. They're gonna make the playoffs. Edmonton's not that good, right? How the hell are the Kings ahead of both the Oilers and the Golden Knights? What's go, what's going on? I know because every time they play the Knights, I'm like they're not very good, right? I don't think any of these teams besides Calgary five, are very good. They're five points ahead of the Knights right now. They're at 81. Yeah, like Pacific Division, Calgary's good. Outside of that, the Kings aren't good. No, the Oilers and Golden. I mean, the Golden Knights are. Oilers gave up nine goals the other night. Yeah, the Oilers have like three good players, but they're not good. And then the Golden Knights, the the lineup they put out there certainly is not oh. good. And then Canuck Sharks. Like, this is a terrible division. Oilers beat the Coyotes 6-1. Oilers get the Kings tomorrow uh, tomorrow night. That's a big game. It's a huge game. If, well, you're, the, if you're the Golden Knights, point game. You, can't, point game. you can't have that go to overtime. No, we're both, we're both getting a yeah. point. You need you need the winner in regular. And in reality, you need the Kings to win you need in regulation. the Kings to win that one. I think yeah. you, you got to punt on catching the yeah. Kings and say, you know what? Got to catch the Oilers. Going after the Oilers. So you need the Kings to win pretty much no matter what. Yeah. What a terrible division. We talk about like the Raiders are going to be in the toughest division in football. Meanwhile, the Golden Knights are just like in an AHL division that's masquerading in the NHL. I mean, hell, maybe that's why Logan Thompson's working out so well. It's by far I mean, they're the, starting an AHL this, team. <laughs> looking at this thing, it's by far the weakest division. Oh, it's close. not even close. There's, there's the there's only two teams that could maybe win the Stanley Cup, and that's Calgary and if the Golden Knights are healthy, and I don't think either one of those are even coming close to happening. They'll probably all be out in like the second round. They won't have a team in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, Washington right now is not even in a playoff spot. That tells you how tough that, <laughs> th- those other divisions are. All right, coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Tom Brady? The Super Bowl winner? No. Yeah, that, that has not been in conversation um, at all. That I, I think that's what you'd call fake news. 
Oh. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now is Charles McDonald from Underdog Fantasy. You can find him on Twitter at 4Verts. All right, Charles, the worst part about the reaction to Will Smith slapping Chris Rock was? Uh, all the think pieces about it. I mean, people saying that. I think the best one was Judd Apatow, I the name, saying that the slap could have killed him. Uh, no. I was like, okay. <laughs> can, 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 we, can, we, can we take a step back here? Like, I don't know, one multimillionaire slapping another one on stage is kind of funny. I, I, I just, and I, I wasn't surprised at how serious people took it, but at the same time, uh, you know, the, this takes about Will Smith and how it ties into Russia and Ukraine, and it's like, dude, you guys need to take a step back and root yourself <laughs> in reality because it was just funny. Uh, you know, it, I thought even people saying that Chris Rock needs to press charges, I'm like, come on, man, like, you guys call the police like for every little thing that, that every little professional that happens in your life, just, you know, take it on the chin, talk about it like adults, move on. No one needs to get arrested. No one needs to get sued. It was a funny moment. And uh, I think that people took it a little bit too seriously. And also, I just don't know where these people grew up or the type of people they grew up around where you might not get popped in the mouth for some nasty joke you say it's happened to me i've seen it happen to plenty of people before uh so i didn't think will smith's reaction was out of norm but i i guess according to the streets of twitter i grew up in a lawless violent society <laughs> what joke or what did you say that led to you getting punched in the face um <laughs> i don't know if i can say it on <laughs> I, can't, I can't i can't i can't repeat it on here i might lose my job <laughs> well, we, it, we've got the delay ready. You can you can say anything you want. We've got the delay don't, ready. No. Don't listen to Ed. Ed is wrong. Don't listen to Ed. Was uh, it, it, I will say it was it was after the uh, the the Falcons had lost to the uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl, and I met a Patriots fan at the bar, uh, and he was um, let's say he was a hefty fellow, and he was uh, you know heckling me about the Falcons losing the Super Bowl. And I said something, you know, to the effect, doubting his chances of him being alive to make it to the next Patriots. So, um, oh. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's the clean version. So I, I definitely berated him in front of all his friends and he swung and I did it. All right. Um, what NFL player could walk up and slap Roger Goodell on a stage and nobody do anything about it? Current or former? I'll, you can go wherever you want. If you got a former one, that's a good uh, answer. Go for it. I I, I think Marshawn Lynch could get away with this. <laughs> I think um, he did too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Marshawn could get away with it. I think Aaron Donald could get away with it. Um, because I don't like. I mean, because here's the thing: Roger ain't gonna fight back. What, what, what does that get him? <laughs> He's just gonna end up getting pummeled by uh, someone that's much bigger, stronger, faster than him. So maybe the list is all of them. I. Uh, because I, I I can't see Roger Goodell who makes like forty million dollars a year get into a spat with an NFL player, uh, but you know I, I think that uh, not too many would also be trying to slap him too because uh, once again you probably you know in, in that situation the power dynamics are a little different you know you probably shouldn't be slapping someone that uh, holds your uh, professional future in the balance of their hands. Roger might press charges unlike Chris Rock. Yeah, he might. Yeah. I don't even know if there's a might on that. <laughs> Um, all right, Falcons fan here. Um, I know it's been a tough offseason for you, but 
Looking Ooh. to the future, is there a quarterback you want the Falcons to draft this year? Uh, like in this upcoming draft? Yeah, or you just want, rather see them completely pass on it? No, not really. I'm not really in on any of the guys this year. I mean, the Malik Will type is really interesting to me because as a player, I think he is so far away from like being ready to start. And obviously, like the physical tools are out of this world. When you talk about the arm strength and the speed and the elusiveness, like when you're just talking about guys who have the physical build to be not only NFL great NFL quarterbacks, but just like simply great NFL players with the ball in their hands. Uh, Malik Willis has potential to reach, which is probably why he's going to go high, uh, especially in this class. But I kind of think that playing in year one would would be a disaster. Uh, that that offense at Liberty it didn't it hasn't looked prepared him much for the NFL, especially when you're talking about throws between the hashes. Uh, you know, I, I honestly think that the most pro ready guy this year is Desmond Ritter. Uh, but you know, even he has his his, his uh, spells of of bad play where. You know, Ritter's interesting because I think he's a guy where when you go through the All-22 and you kind of look at the plays in terms of how you're supposed to get the progressions and how you're supposed to react to the coverages that come in front of you. He's really good, like, in terms of deciphering where the ball needs to go, but sometimes it's just not accurate. So it's just kind of like a weird like dichotomy. The guy who gets out of play the quarterback position but isn't always good at playing the quarterback position. Uh, and I, I think that those are, like, the two guys, I guess, that you want to take a, 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 a risk on to me. Malik just for the physical tools and then, and doesn't have some too. But you know, if you're the Falcons, I don't, I don't really think that either of those guys are are guys that are probably going to hit long term for you. And that's what you need more than anything. So I I kind of just want them to take whoever they think is the best player available at eight. Um, roll with that. I'm personally want Derek Stingley, that cornerback from LSU. I think that that would be a great fit. What they already have. Uh, but like if you get in there to round two with one of your second round picks and Ritter's there, that's that's to me when you you pop the pick and make that make that selection. Not at eight. That's a little bit too high for this class for me. Why are Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo still on their teams? Um, well, I, I think it's definitely different reasons for both. One, Baker, buddy, I, I just don't think anyone wants it. Um, <laughs> I it's because the. the the, all the reports for Baker was getting, or after they had traded for Deshaun Watson, or even or even leading up to the days of it, because Baker also traded before uh, the Browns had even acquired Watson, and all the reports about <laughs> Baker's trade destination was just like, nope, Tampa's not one of them. Uh, Falcons, no, they're going to sign Marcus Mariota. Mm, not really any spots left uh, around the league, and I, I think the reality of the situation is the Browns. Uh, they, they owe Baker Mayfield like $20 million a year, damn near. So they might have to send a pick just to get him off their team uh, because they put themselves in a situation where they're going to have to take lower value on that with the Watson trade. Like everyone knows that Baker's not just going to sit there uh, with Deshaun Watson there. So why would you give up premium assets for someone uh, when they're in, you know, kind of a corner? And I think with the 49ers, uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo having whatever surgery he had a little bit late kind of cleared or muddy the waters for what the 49ers can do. Uh, because personally, like, I, I think if, I, if I'm if i a team that, you know, if we needed a quarterback to look competent, like just for a stretch, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a bad choice. Like if I'm the Carolina Panthers, that's probably something that uh, I'll be interested in. And, and the way I feel about Jimmy is I know that, you know, the 49ers obviously drafted Trey Lance for a reason, and they are eventually going to have to move forward with him as a starter just based on all the picks they gave up for But 
Uh, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's a guy, he's kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rap. Uh, and I think it's just because his bad plays look so bad. But the reality of the matter is he's a guy that can play really efficient football for stretches. He can run an offense. And, uh, I mean, they've, they've been to an NFC championship game and a Super Bowl with him as, as a quarterback in San Francisco. So I don't think that he's the worst player in the world. You know, it's just kind of like declaring that we have a feeling when we go out and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but, you know, I think the timing on uh, the, the, the surgery for Garoppolo kind of kind of made things difficult for him. Because when you look out at the quarterback landscape, what's open? Uh, seriously, like, what's out there? Uh, it's Carolina, Seattle, and then the rest of the teams are probably just going to fill in their spots at rookies. So um, it, it's, it's an interesting time, I think, in the NFL because – there's a whole lot of competent quarterbacks. And I think that's different from years past where, you know, you have, uh, you know, your guys that can play, but then there's like a huge drop off in terms of, uh, you know, performance and quality of play. But now uh, it seems like just about a lot of these guys coming from college, like they've been so, they've been training at this so long, they can come in and step in and play at a high level. And obviously the rules are so different for quarterbacks that you can play for a long time. So these, these slots are throwing up and there aren't really places for Jimmy G to go right now unless the 49ers and the Browns are willing to take less on their trade demands than what they've asked for so far. Who do you think Baker Mayfield wants to slap the most within the Browns organization? Oh, wow. I mean, I, 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 I think I'll, I, I don't know because they kind of let him do whatever the hell he wanted to last year. You know, <laughs> like he was hurt and, he still got to play and bully them around. And even though he wasn't good enough to play, and even though they had a team that was perfectly set up for him not to play, with two like top five running backs and a really good offensive line, he still went out there with a bum shoulder and threw a million interceptions and lost like all his value. So <laughs> I think if Baker wants to slap anyone, he should slap himself because uh, all he had to do, like all he had to do to avoid this last year, was just like shut it down when he first got hurt. And honestly, I think the Browns deserve a lot of blame here for allowing that to go on as long as it did. Because at some point, if you're Andrew Barry and you're Kevin Stefanski and you have put the resources into this team specifically so we can run without the starting quarterback, you have to have the balls to stand up to this little person and tell them to get the hell out of the lineup. Like, you have Case Keenum. Case Keenum was just in the NFC Championship game like four years ago. That's harder than Baker Mayfield has ever made it. So just some food for thought for you, Kevin Stefanski. And you still trade it for a predator. Well, he is Charles McDonald. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Four Birds. Charles, thank you so much Thanks, for joining Charles. us. All right. Talk to, you guys, talk to you guys next week. See so there is Charles McDonald's ending that interview as well as he could have. Coming up next, Lakers need to shut down LeBron James. There's Tyler working from the logo, moving right. Oh, put the pause and then got to the circle and then put the teardrop on him. The baby float after the. Pure. I don't even want to call out a hezzy. That was a full stop by Tyler on the dribble. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. So the Lakers play the Mavericks tonight. If the Lakers lose, they will fall out of the playoffs. They will be behind the Spurs because the Spurs have the tiebreaker. Both Anthony Davis and LeBron James are doubtful. Can you not hear, Ed? Your cord is unplugged from your headphones. (laughs) 
I was trying to be subtle about that, but Tyler's just over here. Just, I'm like, I'm so hoping you would, you know, vamp or fill so that I could tell him what was up so that he this could. This is better. This is better. Ed with his headphones on is telling Jared he can't hear. And... <laughs> this is great. This is terrific. So, again, the Lakers are in Dallas tonight. If they lose, they fall out of the playoffs. And more importantly for the Lakers tonight, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are both doubtful. Uh, the Lakers, I don't believe, have won a game this year when both Anthony Davis and LeBron James what? have been out. So you have their two most important players not playing and the Lakers with effectively their playoff lives kind of on the line in every single game that they end up playing the rest of the season. So the question becomes, do the Lakers need to shut down LeBron James and Anthony Davis, or at least just LeBron James? He's dealing with an ankle injury. He said after the last game, the ankle injury is pretty serious. So should the Lakers shut down LeBron James for the rest of the season? Can't even make these things work. Don't say that. Don't even say that. If you say that, I won't be able to watch any more of their games. Why? You can still watch Because I only them. watch for him. Okay. I don't, watch, I don't watch for anybody else except him. But shut it down now and then play all of them next year. Yeah, I mean, look, they're not going to do anything. So if you're, if, if, I, I'd, I'd like them to shut down Anthony Davis because I want to see more of his clothes after the games and what he wears because he's got a fashion statement going. But if they're not going to do anything, which they're not, um, I assume it would make some sense. If it depends on how bad his knee is, he always sits one and plays the next, sits one and plays the next. So if he's just dealing something with what he can handle, I'd like to, I'd like to know his response if they wanted to shut him down. Because might be on board he, for it. You think so? I don't know. If they lose tonight, they're not in a playoff spot. Like if they lose tonight, San Antonio goes ahead. San of Antonio's them. ahead of them. There's a genuine chance they simply don't make the playoffs. Even if he plays, that's the, he, he's leading the league in scoring, and they're not. They might not. They might not make the playoffs. Right. So if you're LeBron James, you might sit back and say, "Well, even if I'm awesome, what do you have? 39 the other night when they blew that 29 20 point lead to yep. the to the Pelicans. He might look back and say, even if I play and I'm awesome." We still lose, which is probably the first time in his entire life where if he's awesome, it doesn't translate to the team winning, which is bizarre to think, but that's how bad the Lakers are. There's a reason to shut him down. Now, I think I play him. I think I, they play him, too. I think I play him. I think I try to make the playoffs, even if it's the play-in game, and try to just see how far it goes. Because it's not... Here's I'm not worried that, like, oh, LeBron is going to suffer an injury that's going to hurt him next season, right? He's got a whole off season. He should be fine. He should be good to go for next season. So I'm not overly worried about that. So I think I play him if I'm the Lakers and say, yeah, it's LeBron James. We're going to play our best guy. See if we can get in, even if it's the 10 seed, even if we don't think we're winning very much, let's do it. Um, there's also a fun conspiracy here. Kenny Beecham on Twitter posted a video about this. When the Lakers lose, their official team Twitter account will post a graphic with the final score. Pretty much every right. team in all of sports does this Everyone final does this. score graphic. When they lose, they do not use a picture of LeBron James. Kenny Beecham went through every final score graphic the Lakers have tweeted this year and broke it down by player. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook have never been the featured player in a post. Even Russ? When they lose. I mean, Russ, I Even feel Russ. like, should be the poster boy. one, one. Russ. Yes, but those three have never been used in a loss. Meanwhile, LeBron and Russell Westbrook are the two most used players when they win. Anthony Davis has been hurt for 
what half the season or something. So he's barely been used for wins, and I don't think he's even been used for losses. But what that means is poor Malik Monk <laughs> has been used the most in loss graphics. When they lose, what happened to Stanley Johnson? Malik Monk is the one that gets used the most in the graphic afterwards. And here was the question Kenny Beecham had. Is this in LeBron James' contract? Does he have it in his contract that they can't put him in a loss? Or is this just the social media department being nice and not using LeBron James when they lose? I think it's the social media department being nice. Why would they do this, though? Because every well, other well, team... It's not his fault, as we've seen, yeah, exactly. that they lost. Well, they don't do it for Russell Westbrook either, and it is his fault that they lose a lot. Every other team will post their best players when they lose. Like somebody immediately, oh, yeah. like the last Warriors lost, Steph Curry was the player featured in Giannis. the Giannis. Yeah, every other team will use their best players in loss graphics. Overthinking the room? I don't know. I don't I don't think I'd be, man, if he had that in his contract, if he thought to that <laughs> level, if he thought to that level that he didn't want him in a graphic, I'd be so disappointed. I if mean, he's actually even thinking about something like maybe that. Maybe there's some point in the past where... His team lost. He had a great game. They posted the final score graphic. It was a picture of him, and he got unnecessary hate for them losing that game, even though he was awesome. And he said, listen, don't put me in your loss graphic anymore. It's not how we do things around here. I mean, that's probably why they don't put Westbrook in there, only because they're like, people would be like, hey, you showed the guy that definitely was the reason. (laughs) That would be warranted hate for the way Russell Westbrook has played this year. Like, I... I love A, that people noticed this, and B, that Kenny Beecham went back and actually looked through every final score graphic to see if they had used. I love that he looked back that Malik Monk was number one. That's absolutely hilarious. Poor Malik Monk. He's like, what did I do, guys? He probably had good games, too, when they did that. Uh, Update on the headphones. You got him to work? Yeah, but the problem was on both sides, there's a bigger place to put in the um, little connector and then a smaller one. I never knew on the other side it had the smaller one so I just eventually found it and plugged it in. You're telling me there's two little holes to put headphones in? One is huge and one is small. I finally picked the small one. Oh. There you go. What do I have? Cheap headphones? I only have you one. You might be. I mean I can charge mine because they're wireless but I don't have the... Oh, you uh, charge them? Yeah, they can be. I mean, I, they can't. I can't use them here. We're in the 1980s but I can connect it to my phone, and they're wireless that way. I only do that with earbuds. Yeah, these are the same concept. But I'm glad you got your headphones working. They're very working. excited. They're that working. was a I was nightmare very, I was three very minutes. Very afraid.